Okay, like, come on. We could do a little bit better than that. Come on, I need, I need more. I need more of this. How are you guys doing this morning? All right. All right. Well, I'm super pumped. I'm a, I'm a little nervous. I, I took some one of those sucrets this morning, thinking, oh, I got a little cough, a little cold, maybe some asthma going on. Maybe I have a little cough drop. I'll, I'll drop it in there. I'll be good. I can tell you right now, I still can't feel my lips, and I still can't feel my tongue. So if you feel a little, 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 little going on, don't judge me. It's a secret. It's a secret. So anyway, I just wanted to get you guys laughing a little bit. But hey, we're starting our brand new series, Sticks and Stones. I want everybody to say that this morning. Sticks and Stones. See, I find it interesting that I, I, I wanted to kick it off really practical in a real way. Because I'm a pretty practical guy, a pretty simple guy. And, and I want to talk about something that is going to challenge, but something that each and every one of us deal with on a daily basis. And that is words. There's nothing that we do that doesn't have words associated, words spoken to us, words that we speak. But I, maybe you grew up in the church. I didn't grow up in the church, but maybe you grew up in the church and you saw this series and you saw this logo and you're like, oh man, the pastor's going to preach on David and you know the, the sling and, and the stones and Goliath and maybe Moses and, and, and we'll get there. I, I promise you I'm probably going to have a message that God gives me on that. But I wanted to drop it down a little bit and, and really play off of something I know many of you were thinking when you saw sticks and stones. As a matter of fact, you probably even filled in the rest of the sentence. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Come on, I know you guys all thought that. I did when I first saw it. I'm like, oh, God, I want to use that. But can I tell you, that's one of the biggest lies ever told. It is a lie that the enemy loves to hear. He's like, oh, I want you to keep saying that. I mean, I, I watched each and every one of you repeat that, like, out of memory. This is something that we, we were taught as kids, that, oh, even though sticks and stones may break my bones, even though I might get injuries, but, man, whatever you say doesn't hurt. Whatever you say doesn't stick. But can I tell you, come on, we can be real this morning. We know words hurt. We know words stick. I, I don't know about you, but I can, I can trace things back to childhood, things that positively and negatively spoken over me. It all traces back to words. But, man, it's a lie. But so many of us buy it for truth. And I know that because we all recited it from memory. Come on. But we need to start breaking those ties and those lies, rather, and, and recognizing, man, words do hurt. But sometimes when we speak... We say things without a second thought, don't we? It's easy to be, oh, man, I can come up with elegant words, Christian words. When things are going well, right? Things are going well. Lord bless you. You cut me off on the highway. It might not be the first thing that comes to my mind that says, oh, Lord bless you. Come on, we can get real this morning. It's sometimes frustration, but our, our, our words carry more weight than we can imagine, even if that person cannot hear it. I want you to hear me this morning, just because you're over there. Oh, Susie, you see Susie over there? Sandpaper Susie, man, I'm telling you. Mm-mm-mm. Just because they can't hear them doesn't mean it's not damaging them and damaging the people that you're speaking to and damaging yourself because now you, you have this image of who this person is. And matter of fact, God didn't call that person that. I see it all the time in social media. TV, man, you turn on social media and TV for like five seconds. You see somebody that has said something that has instantly gone viral because it's just crazy. And they're like, ah, I can't believe that came out your mouth. And they're trying to take it back, and you can't take back those words. So it's a constant battle with our words. What do we say? How do we say it? The inflection in our voice, the timing is everything. 
and how you communicate and how you receive the communication too, how you receive it this morning. See, but what I really want to hang our hat on this morning is that God places great significance on words. So I want you to say words this morning. Great significance. Matter of fact, it's called the word. See, we look in 1 John chapter 1, verse 1, New Living Translation. The Bible says, in the beginning, the word already existed. See, the word was already there. And then the word was with God, and the word was God. Three times in one scripture, the word was used. See, he's trying to place great value on the word. word the word of God created everything, created you. Did you hear that this morning? You're not an oopsie. You're not an accident. But God spoke you into an existence in your mother's womb this morning. He created the universe not with, not with a snap of a finger and not with a stomp and not with a staff. But he created the universe and everything in it and everything that will ever be in it through his word. Word has power. Matter of fact, it's so powerful that word is still transcending the universe. Even today, things are still being created. Things are still expanding. People are still being created in their mother's womb. Word. In 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 10, it says, There are many different languages in the world, and every language has meaning. What you say has significance. Everything that comes out your mouth has meaning and has significance to yourself, to others, to the church, to the non-believer. That's, I'm telling you, you can do all you want, you can, but is it, is it lining up? What are you saying? Are you speaking life over them? Are you always discouraged? Are you always flying off the handle when you get burned on the stove or someone cuts you off on the side of the road or you spill milk or you spill water? What is the first initial response? There is a reason why the scripture says you got to tame the tongue. It's a wild, crazy beast. It wants to do all kinds of things. You, gotta, you don't have to tell people to be bad. We all know that our, our sinful natures, we want to revert to this. You don't got to teach a child to misbehave and not listen. They figure that out on their own. But you do have to tame and you do have to teach on how to do it the right way and the correct way and what to say and what not to say. Are you with me this morning, church? What you say has significance. But here's the kicker. We always like to leave free will out of the equation. We have free will, which means you have a choice. And everything that you do, and every thought, and every place that you're in, you have a choice. It comes down to two choices, always two choices in life. We teach our children this. There's always two choices. Do I choose this, or do I choose that? And like I said, it's hard to do it in the heat, in the heat of battle. It's hard to do it in the moment when you're frustrated, to speak words of life. But in that moment, we need to pause. And we need to say, I need to make a choice this morning. And I need to speak life instead of death over someone this morning. So the scripture, I'm going to make it real easy for everyone in the house this morning. I'm going to be in Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. Real simple. Very, 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 very beginning. And in the scripture, it says this. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and empty, and darkness covered the deep waters, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. I want you to highlight this. Then God said, see, we breeze through this stuff. Like, we're like, oh, creation's crazy. Then God said, let there be light, and then there was light. And God saw that the light was good, then he separated the light from the darkness. Highlight this. God 
called. Another word. The light day and the darkness night. And evening passed and morning came. Marking the first day. Now we're going to fly all the way down to verse 28. God created everything. He was crazy busy the next few days. And on verse 28, the Bible says, Then God blessed. God, I want you to highlight that too. Then God blessed them and said, Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and govern over it. Rain over its fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, and all the animals are scurried along the ground. Three words, completely different contexts, which we're going to get into this morning. But can we pray first? So, Father, thank you. Lord, I give you free reign of this service. Lord, the tongue that is speaking your words this morning, God, would you tame it? And would you let it only to speak what it is that you want to speak to your people this morning? Let it be truth, light, and the way. Lord, would you bring us to a place that we can recognize what it is that we say? And, Lord, would you encourage us? Would you challenge us? Would you edify and build us up this morning? God, let not one word spoken be of me. Let it be of you. Nobody came here to listen to me. They wanted to hear you this morning. God, I give you free reign to interrupt this service and do as you wish. This is your church and your people and your service. I give you free reign in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. So, let's go back to one of the things that I told you to highlight this morning. Then God said, I want everybody to say, God said. Say, God said. See, what do we say? See, what this does is it speaks of edification. See, edification literally means to build up. Did you know that this morning? I thought I was going to get some fancy definition. It's pretty simple. Edification literally means to build up. Well, I told you before that you have one or two choices. You can either do one or the other. So you can either build up or what's the opposite? I thought I was going to get some nice cushy word that makes me not feel so bad. But it was literally destroy. I'll try that over here. It was literally destroy. See, we have a choice. We could build people up. We can raise people up. Or we could break them down over and over and over again. It's a choice. But I want to be a, 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 a church that literally builds people up, pouring into people, mentoring people. See, the longer you spend in the word, the living word of God in the Bible, the more that you will spiritually be built up. So no matter what comes your way, adversity, challenges, doubt, questions, fear, you could tell it where to, where, but go, where to go, where it belongs, and that is not in your presence in Jesus' name, but it can go to hell where it belongs. I'm going to stand on the word of God. I'm going to stand on the promises. I'm going to stand on the truth, but that is because I am soaked in the word. I am basking in the word each and every day and saying, Lord, would you build me up supernaturally, spiritually this morning so that no matter what comes my way, yeah, I might have a challenge. I might say something, Lord, but let me rebuke that in Jesus' name. Let me speak life into people everywhere. No matter where I'm at, not just in church. It's even like, praying for you, bro. I want to see that at Walmart. How awkward would that be? I mean, come on, Walmart's already kind of awkward as it is, but you get in there. I say you go in there about 10 o'clock at night, just saying. You get into Walmart and you say, praying for you, bro. And people will start questioning, like, did he just say what I thought he said? Did he say he's praying for me? I'm going to go find him. <laughs> what are you praying for? I don't know. What do you need praying for? But it just changed their, their demeanor. It just totally changed. They, they were on one path. You hear me now? They were on one path. They were looking for the Cadbury eggs. Come on, somebody. But somebody challenged them and said, come on. I, I know you got something to pray for. I know you came to Walmart for something other than Cadbury eggs. I love Cadbury eggs. That's a big shout out. Love, 
Love Easter for Jesus, but Jesus, thank you for Cadbury eggs, I'm just saying. I have no idea where I'm at, but I'm going to go with it. I love Cadbury eggs. I just, I'm just going to, let me, let me just bask in that for a second. Okay. But see, whatever is built in us, whatever is built in us as a kid, whether it's healthy and fruitful or whether it's distorted. Come on, somebody. We, we all got a past. We all got a childhood. Maybe some of it just, eh, it's kind of icky. Parents didn't, didn't say something right. And come on, we're all human. But everything is directly related to the power of the word spoken over you or the power of the word that you allow to, to just dwell in your, in your being this morning. I could trace almost everything of characteristic traits, of emotional, of triggers, of you name it from words spoken over me, both positive and negative. So sometimes I get challenged with the negative, but I got to remember the positive. I am who I am because I remember my Nana, she used to pray for me. The Lord's going to use you. I thought that meant something totally different back then. I was like, the Lord's going to, yeah, he's going to use me all right. Use me as an example. And maybe he is. But she kept praying, she kept praying, she kept praying. Even if I didn't know it, she kept praying. Boy, she had nothing but boys in the family, so you know she was a prayer ninja. She was praying, boy, these boys need you, Jesus. And here I am today. She's since been with the Lord for many years because she built me up. Even when I didn't know it, she built me up. She would encourage me. I would feel down on myself. Boy, get up. Come on, get up. Even those little moments, those little little jolts of like, whoa, I don't know what I was in, but man, I'm glad you snapped me out of that. We need people that like that in our lives this morning. You can applaud. It's church. You can get loud in here. It's all good. The words spoken to be continue to be spoken in our lives. They, they continue to grow. They, and if we don't sever those things in our lives that have been negatively spoken, it'll continue to grow. It'll continue to be built up in the wrong way. I don't want a mountain of negativeness, man. I, I, I want a mountain of pov- a positiveness in Jesus' name that I can look at and say, wow, Lord, you are good in my life. Wow, I've severed those generational ties. Wow, look what you've done in my life and the lives of everyone around me. Simple words. I want to ask you this this morning. Who likes to be called names and discouraged? Yeah, I ain't seen nobody's hands go up. Man, I've been called all kinds of things. You know, my last name, y'all already going there, underpants. I really liked underdog because I'm like, man, I could be that. Around with a suit and a cape and I'd be good to go. But it's funny that even after all of these years, I still remember everything, every single word. I remember every name, both positive and negative. Now, it no longer has power over me because I, I haven't given it that authority. And it's not building up something negative in me. Get, you understand what I'm saying this morning? But I remember, nobody likes to be discouraged. How do we speak to our kids? How do we speak to our, our spouses, our friends, the people? Is it building them up or breaking them down? And can I say you this? My wife and I love each other. I love you, baby. But we don't always like each other. Come on, we, we can be real this morning, the marriage people. Come on. I always love her. I don't always agree with her, and she don't always agree with me. You want to slap me every now and then and keep me straight. But that is when the challenge happens. Do I just speak negative? Married folks, ne- never use the D word in your marriage. Ever, 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 ever. D- take it out of your vocabulary. Don't even use it. Come up with other words like, man, you're so pretty. 
Uh, could you imagine how that would change the argument? You guys are, you call it whatever you want. It's an argument. You guys are arguing, and then all of a sudden you just totally flip the script instead of feeding it to the negativity and building that wall up. And I want to break that down. Wow, you know, this is a really insightful thought. Come on, guys, naturally we don't want to do that, but could you imagine how that would change the conversation if we did that in our lives? Come on, we can get real this morning. If we changed the dialogue on what we speak, you're right, I'm wrong. Oh, it even hurts to say that, but we got to say that. We got to be in a place to say that, and I say all of that is we got to be building people up even when we don't want to. It's easy to do it to our friends and the people that we love or the dude that cuts you off on the highway, the person that cuts in front of you, that has 60 items in a 20-item line. Come on, somebody. What are we saying then? Like, man, I done counted. I did some math in there. Ain't no 20 in there. I'm counting all them cans. I know that's a six-pack of Coke, but I'm counting six. I'm just saying it's the words you use. It makes a difference. I'm just going to be real with you guys. I'm that guy, like, one, two, three, four, five, six, six can, okay. I'm just saying, you know, you don't, of course we don't say nothing, right? We never have the boldness. You just kind of get in like the, you know what you're doing. Yep. Come on. But words, words, words matter. You can see the difference in a child in the same home, one that gets built up, edified, gets correction, correction with love, balance. Now, one that doesn't get balance and always gets, what are you doing wrong? What do you, you can see the physical difference. You can see when they grow up the difference and they, nothing changed. The environment was the same. The parents were the same. The house was the same. The only thing that was different was the word spoken to them. So don't tell me no words, don't got no power. So God brought me a great example and I'm going to use my daughter in a good way because this is, this is cool. So my, my daughter, very motivated by saving money. She gets the concept of money at almost nine years old. She gets this. So she's like, Dad, I want a Nintendo Switch. I'm like, all right, well, this is what a Nintendo Switch costs, and this is what you need to do in order to, 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 to save up for it this morning. And then what, what she did is, so she had a clean room this morning. She had a clean room, and what she did was she, 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 she cleaned her room, and then there was this one stuffed animal. See, the difference is this morning is what are you focused on this morning? See, I had a choice to make this morning. I had a choice to say, Peyton, why is there one stuffed animal on the floor? She had made this room immaculately clean, Right? Did all the work, but I decided, I was okay, I can make a choice. I'm going to focus on the negative. Or I can do the opposite this morning. I can say, great job, man. I, you could bounce a quarter off that bed. That thing is so fly. Look at this room. It's clean. It, but you see the difference? I had a choice. You think she's going to be motivated to make her bed when I'm saying I'm focused on the little thing? Now, I'm OCD, ADD on HD, right? So I, I see this little stuffed animal, and it seems like a 100-pound gorilla in the room. Like, can nobody see this stuffed animal in the room? But I have to make a choice, and i got to step back. I said, God, my natural tendency is to, to break down. That's just our natural tendency to, like, point out the flaw. What's going on? But I need to take a step back and said, okay, <sighs> Peyton, what a great job. And not doing it falsely just because you think it sounds good, but really meaning it. And say, I want to build you up. You know what? You listened. That's amazing. 
Eight-year-old, that's amazing. They listen to you. You celebrate that. You built them up because you are going to get what you celebrate this morning. If I celebrate defeat, if I celebrate failure, guess what I'm going to get? I'm going to get failure. I'm going to get defeat. But I want to celebrate the good things. Come on, somebody. But it's just like rooting your, for your favorite team. If you root for Boston team, you, you're used to winning. I'm just saying. I'm getting lots of angry stares right now. I'm going to keep going before I lose the anointing this morning. But you root for your team. And it's easy to root for the good team. Boston, they always win. But what about people that are Raiders fans? Oh, I'm going to pick on somebody. But, I mean, they're on fire for their team. 11 losses, we got this next game. 12 losses, man, we got the next one, man. They are on fire for their team. But come on, next season, man, we got this. Get back in there. I know it's 62 to nothing, but you still got a chance. But see, we need to do that with the people around us this morning. We need to do that in our families. We need to be that cheerleader that says, man, I know you done messed up. I know you made a mistake, but get back in there. We'll get it next season. We'll get it next time. We need to encourage and build the people up around us this morning. We need to be good cheerleaders. I know you rooting for your team. You yelling at your TV like they can actually hear what you're saying. You feel like they can hear it. Dallas fans know this. Tony Romo, I'm just saying. You yell at him all you want. All right, we're going to move on. I'm going to make some enemies right now. But it does. It, it gives us motivation. It, it brings, it, 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 when, you, when you just speak one word, it just changes everything. They could have had the worst day. But the right word in the right time, a positive, encouraging word, can change someone's day. Even if you've got to shoot straight and be real with them. Maybe you gotta, they got to hear something they don't want to hear. But it's still lifting them up. It's still building them. You can still do that. So I heard this said, my wife telling me last night, it's crazy. It takes five to nine compliments to cancel out just one negative comment power of words in our lives. Man, if we just speak positivity, say, you know what? Man, you got this. You got this ministry. You got that career. You got this interview. You got your finances. You got your marriage. You got this. We need people. And if people are speaking death and not building you up, time to find new friends, I'm just saying. You try to bring them along and say, come on, I I want you to be an encourager, but you know, Sometimes we just get sandpaper Susie. I don't know why I got that name stuck in my head. Sand, you know, they just rub you wrong, and they're always negative, and it's always hurtful. There, you got a visual now. You're welcome. But see, I find it so interesting that, so Jesus and Judas, we all know Judas betrayed Jesus, yes? If you didn't, now you know. But what I find interesting about Jesus' last moments with Judas See, Jesus knew that Judas would betray him. Judas didn't fool Jesus. Jesus knew very well what was going on, but he allowed it to happen. He knew he betrayed him, but he didn't treat him any differently. He still poured into him. He still built him up. Matter of fact, the whole Bible, all the characters except God and Jesus called Judas a traitor. The disciples, are you traitor? But listen, you're like, oh, no, 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 no. I thought Jesus called him a traitor. No, 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 no. He says, Judas, are you going to betray the Son of God? 
Notice the difference. He didn't say he didn't call him something different. He was trying to give him another opportunity, trying to build him up again. He said, Judas, I know where this road is headed, but I'm giving you one more opportunity. Come on, to turn your life around, to turn something around in your life. And we know he made the wrong choice. But you also need a Judas to have a savior. That's a sermon for another day. I heard that. And that was powerful. But he knew he was going to betray him. See, he didn't call out. He didn't call him a traitor. He didn't hate the man. He hated the sin that was operating in a man. There's a big difference, church. Next, God called. I want everybody to say called. God called. And, I, and I really what I speak to is identification. I was convicted the other day. When I hear the story of Jesus and how he was betrayed and he knew it. And yet he still chose to identify him something different and there's this time in the highway that I was driving and this this person comes like whipping on the highway just flying on the highway almost causes a horrific accident and you would have thought as a pastor I would have said Lord bless you or, or maybe you would have thought a better response would have been like man he must be in a real hurry He's going to church somewhere. I'm going to pray for him. No! The first thing out of my mouth, and again, vulnerability and honesty. Moron, what are you doing? You just almost caused an accident. And then God checked me within seconds. I said, oh, this is going to be good. Because he's a moron. You know, I'm just whatever. And the Holy Spirit came over me and said, I have created no one, not one human being with that description. Oh, man, you want to feel like, why are you speaking that over that person? I haven't given that person that title. Matter of fact, I, I've given that person, that person is a child. It's a brother and sister to you. I said, okay, God. So he started to remind me of the good things. You, know, you get those bumper stickers. I know some of y'all judge people on their, your, your, your bumper stickers. You're like, oh, yeah, blue girl, red state. All, all these, like, weird things on their bumper sticker, right? But there was one, and I can't even remember what it was. But in that moment when God was correcting me and showing me something, there was a bumper sticker that stood out to me so much that it had literally had me weeping. See, God changed my perspective. When I took a moment and I realized and I recognized what was going on and that I spoke that word over this person that God did not speak over that person, it changed everything. See, sometimes we can't see who God has created them to be because of their choices and rebellion. We see this all the time. It's hard to look at times past the addiction, past this, that, past their struggles, past their failures. But he wants us to have fresh eyes. He wants us to see beyond the vernacular. He wants us to see beyond the natural. He wants us to see what's going on in their lives. And we need to call it out of people. There's Lots and lots and lots and lots of youth and young adults and kids in this community, just in Caldwell, that have never heard the words, I love you, you're valuable, you have, you're important, and you have a purpose. Just simply speaking that out over them will change. And you keep speaking it out. You know what? I know it doesn't seem like this, but can I say something? Man, you're important in God's eyes, and I don't know what it is, but there's something special inside you. 
And I'm going to keep praying for you. And I'm going to keep praying for you. I'm going to keep petitioning before God that you would begin to see the fruit of what it is. It's not what we see, but what we designate. What do you see in someone else? Like what mentorship is, isn't it? Pulling the stuff that God has placed inside them, they don't even recognize it's even there. And man, when you see it come to pass, and you see young men and young women start walking the things that you know that God has put in their hearts, and when you see that come to pass, you just rejoice. God, thank you for allowing me to see something in that person. Because sometimes it's hard. Like you don't like somebody. Like, Lord, you got to give me something for this dude right here. You got to give me something for this lady over here. Because I just don't see it. Ask and you will receive. He will tell you. But we can't identify with the words for what they are. But we have to understand something that we've got to look beyond the now and see what people can become in Jesus' name. But oftentimes in this world, we try to generalize. We do math, like if, if you're this, maybe you're like me, you're like a jock, you're a nerd, you're into video games, you're into shooting, you're, in, you're into completely polar opposite interests. And you just feel like, man, I never fit in. Never fit in. But that's because we've generalized what God has called you to be. We put labels that God did not put on us. But this is what we're, do not conform to the world. You hear me this morning. But see, bondage in someone's life is often as a result of human words, how we identify with them personally as well. Words spoken by a teacher, a sibling, a friend, a co-worker, a parent. Positive, you speak positivity, they'll get self-worth. But if you start speaking negativity, they'll feel inadequate or they'll be defiant just to prove you wrong. It's kind of like this thing here. not tell you how long I waited to do that. You, you know it's good when the instructions say prepare for recoil. You know it's going to be a party time. But see, here it is. So we got the word. You just spoke a bunch of stuff. Now I want you to take all of this and I want you to put it exactly in here, exactly how it was. It's impossible. This is like with our words. Once they're out, they're out. So, but we have two choices. We either have, I'm covered in confetti. We either have a mess that people, because of all the blah, shot toward us in words, now they're trying to piece up like, oh, Okay, what word is true? What, what is true? Like, there's so much garbage spoken into us in the world and our friends and other people that we're trying to piece it together and we got left with a mess to pick up. Or we got the other one. Or on that guy, like, woo, confetti. We got green, yellow, purple, and white. Man, it's a party in here. But it brings joy. See the difference? Our words. Once they're out, they're out. But man, let's let them be positive words so that when people pick up, say, whoo, I'm beautiful. I'm important. I'm invaluable. 
Like these are the things that I want people to pick up and I want people to hold on to. I have worth, I have value, I have a calling, I have a purpose, I have a destiny in Jesus' name. But when it's out, it's out. You can't take it back. Power of words amaze me. But you have to understand something. There's more bondage in our lives related to words than you could possibly imagine. The walls that people have up almost always attributed to a word spoken in their life. Oh, I got to shield that. I won't get hurt again. I won't let that person hurt me again. I got my walls up. I got my guard on. See the damaging effects of words in our life. And we got to stop with the negative self-talk. I can't. I won't. I'm not worthy. My hair is not tall enough. My jeans aren't skinny. Whatever it is. And I say that just to make the mood lighter. But let's be real this morning. We all have that moment where we're like, oh, man, I don't know if I can do it. Now, can I tell you something? From the very lips of God, that if he's put that in your heart, you can do it. And not only can you do it, you're going to do it. You've just got to hang on to that word and hang on to that promise to see the fruit on the other side. And finally, God blessed. I want everybody to say blessed this morning. See, what blessed and what he's talking about in Genesis chapter 1, verse 28, of multiplication. Now, I know you all went there, and it is true. He wanted us to go multiply, have kids, have all kinds of kids. But it's not just the biological he's talking about here, of multiplication. But the verbal in our words. See, the words that you speak, they multiply. They get on someone else, they stick on someone else. Somebody that's angry, somebody that's hurt, hurt people, hurt people. That keep, keeps multiplying. I get hurt, you get hurt. I spew my hurt on you. But how about we say, man, I'm loved, I'm filled with joy. I want to share that. That's the kind of multiplication that God wants to see. That I want to see. I want to see people speak, speaking life into people because the scripture is very clear. The power to give life and death is in our tongue. It's in our words. Proverbs chapter 18, verse 21. The scripture says the tongue can bring death or life. Again, it's a choice. Those who love to talk will reap consequences. And this comes from a talker. I like to talk. My mom would tell me, boy, you need to shut your mouth. You know that guy that digs and digs and digs, and your wife's trying to throw you like lifelines. Your friends are like, dude, you just need to zip it. No, no, no. I like to shovel. So I'm in there. Hey, can I help you? You need to get out. Oh, I'm. We need to stop digging. And we need to start speaking life. Because the more negativity we speak, the deeper the grave. It was shallow at one point. Oh, maybe I was just joking. I want to share something with you. And my dad gave me permission to do so. If not, sorry, Dad. No, I'm kidding. He really did. So my dad used to be the guy. We, you know, we, our family struggled with finances on the Underwood side or whatever. And, but he would always tell me, you know, if you get in a car accident or, or something happens that's going to impact you negatively financially, oh, it's the Underwood curse. Now, Underwood, I, ain't, I ain't never heard about Underwood curse, but okay, whatever. And at first I didn't even recognize what he was doing. Oh, yeah, you done broke because you got that curse on you. 
And I kept hearing it over and over and over. And I said, Dad, you got to stop. Why are you speaking multiplication in the negative? Because you'd always hear at the end, son, I don't know why I'm broke. You don't know why you're broke? It's because that's all you speak is you're broke. You ain't got no money for this. You ain't got no money for that. You ain't got no time for this. You ain't got no time for that. It's because you're speaking it, and it's multiplying over and over and over again. I said, you need to change that. I said, you know what? In Jesus' name, we sever that time. We said we sever that generation. Whatever was spoken, we severed in Jesus' name. And we speak life and prosperity and legend in our family that that name would mean something. And it wouldn't have a negative connotation. We were brought to life by Jesus, by his simple words. See, un- you got to understand something, though. Satan, the devil, the punk, he understands the power of words very well. He uses us, he uses them to give doubt, to speak fear. Whispers, just a whisper. Because you guys understand something. Satan's nothing but a fallen angel. He's not equal to, not above God in any way, shape, or form. But he doesn't have a he doesn't have much of a bite, doesn't have a bite at all. Matter of fact, all he's got accusation, whisper of lies. So what he speaks is nothing but destruction, the opposite of edification. Satan will use words like, you're powerless against me, son or daughter. I still have all the authority. Can I tell you something? The only only authority the devil has in your life is the authority that you forfeit. You have got to forfeit it. He doesn't have it. Jesus has it. Last time I checked, Jesus has got the keys to Hades. Ain't no devil. I've heard the devil say this. Eric, I know 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18 says you can look in front of the mirror. You can check yourself all you want in that mirror, and you are changed. You're moving glory to glory to glory to glory. But can I tell you something, Eric? You will never be like Jesus. And then I had a choice. Do I believe that? Counter to the word of God. But in that moment, I had a choice. What am I focused on? What am I multiplying? Am I multiplying the words of the liar? Or am I going to multiply the words that I know that are true and that are life-giving in my life? I had a choice. He wants us to believe lies. He'll say things like this. God didn't answer your prayer. You're still sick. Come on, we all struggle with that, Christians. We, We pray pass away and that's when the devil comes says oh yeah where's your God now he doesn't hear you lies but here's the thing you've got to soak in the truth to know what the truth is is that no matter what happens in life my God is still God no matter if I see the miracle manifest before me or not, my God is who he says he is. Yahweh, my God, God most high, El Elyon. But where's my focus? And I want to close with a little bit with this. If what you focus on multiplies. So I want to preface this. My wife and I do not want more kids. I just want to, I want to throw that out there. I didn't do that first service. I got all kinds of trouble. People praying for multiplication of kids. Please don't. But I had moments in our life when we were, I don't know, we were kind of on the cusp and 
we hadn't had Peyton yet. And, and, but when I hear words, like when you have one child, I hear words, when are you going to have more? See, that simple statement probably wouldn't mean much to you. But it hits me to the core. Because what you don't know is before Peyton, we tried. We tried. And we tried. Miscarriage after miscarriage after miscarriage. It's horrific. And then we had the joy and miracle of our daughter Peyton. So instead of focusing on, oh, God, am I supposed to have more? And then you're doubting the miracle and you're missing out on the very blessing. That's right there. Yeah, she drives me crazy sometimes. She's just like her dad. She's a spitting image of me. Babe, I'm sorry. It's going to be fun in her teens. I'm just saying. I pray I rebuke that in Jesus' name. (laughs) But what are we focused on? The blessing? God wants to bless us. And he wants that blessing to multiply. But it will only multiply if we feed it, if we believe it this morning. So how can you tame your tongue? It's a wicked little thing. You got to admit you have an issue. You got to admit it. It's like, I know it sounds like one of those step programs, but it's as simple as you've got to admit that your tongue needs to be tamed. Ask a friend to hold you accountable. If that cuss word comes out, get a cuss jar. Then you'll be broke. And then you'll figure it out. You make a good choice. Allow God to, you got to give God control of your tongue. Words that you have spoken and heard, pain and judgment and anger, and 